Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast, changing up the way Bears fans stay up to date on their favorite team since 2015. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Chicago Audible. And I want to welcome you to our Week 7 postgame show. Uh, the Bears, they didn't show up to play. They lost to the New Orleans Saints by the final score of 36-25. to But just in case you didn't watch that game, I just want to let you know that by no means is that final score indicative of anything of what the Bears were able to do today. And of course, I'm your host, Will DeWitt. And to help me break down this Bears loss, the third of the season, I'm joined by my co-host, Nicholas Moriano, who is... I believe, just as excited as I am to do this postgame show. Oh, absolutely. You can tell by our faces and just how that game played out that we cannot wait to talk about this horrible game. This this was just awful, Will, from start to start to finish. And even this little stuff that they did at the end, padding the stats, like it doesn't make obviously doesn't make the the loss any better. No, not one bit. Like I stopped looking at the box score and I was gonna pull out all of these different ways of like, you know, explaining just how bad they were. And then they pad the score and I forgot to throw in my notes. And I was like, Ooh, just how bad was it? And I have some things here or there, but yeah, uh, like you said, Nick, it was, it was atrocious. It was really just an atrocious outing from the bears. Uh, but let's go ahead. Let's jump into my monster moment of the game. And obviously I don't have a lot to kind of grasp it here. It definitely feels like I'm, you know, picking at straws and, Nick, I'm going to go with something I did during the show that I've never done in the history of this podcast, and we've talked about it. I don't know if you saw, but I hit the panic button. I am hitting the panic button. Uh, The Bears losing two in a row. Uh, With Trubisky coming back, the offense looks like it reverted yet again another 100 years back in time. And for me, when I'm watching you know, the Bears come out flat and unmotivated, still not trying to even run this football despite you know throwing in a Rashad Coward, and I understand that it didn't work early, but still only seven attempts is quite ridiculous overall. I'm hitting the panic button. I don't think this team really has what it takes to have the type of season that you know most of us really anticipated. And I know some hopes were higher than others, but I think we can all agree that this team today looked like a team that's not going to get close to anyone's uh, preseason aspiration. So for me, the first time, I'm hitting the panic button. I have no idea what direction this offense is going to go this year. I don't believe in Matt Nagy as a play caller. I'm starting to lose faith in Mitch Trubisky as the quarterback right now as well. And if I'm doing that at home and it seemed like Anthony Miller is getting frustrated at times, this offense in general seems frustrated and flat. And those are the two F words that you don't want for that unit. So for me, Nick, when I'm looking at this season – I'm hitting the panic button. There's no other way to put it. I'm worried. I'm really worried. Uh, over to you, Nick. What's going to be your Moriano minute? I don't even really know. I mean, look, coming into this game, I knew it was going to be a struggle for this Bears offense, but I didn't also think that the defense would give up as much that it did. So that that's a problem there, Will. So in terms of how this game shaped up, right from the very beginning, the block punt for a safety, you can't have those kind of mistakes. So I'm just basically ranting about everything that went wrong for this Bears team today. And look, they didn't establish the run. They couldn't run the football. They didn't want to run the football. What I think at the end of the first half, it was 25 passing attempts to five run, rushing attempts, something like that, when it's only a two-point game. You see Matt Nagy, again, being very reluctant to run the football. And then when the Bears do run the football with David Montgomery, of course he fumbles. So it's like mm. we're asking for it. So it's just a bunch of bad offensive, bad football in general on all sides. And I don't know what to say, Will. I mean, 
the panic button, I, yeah, this is probably the right time to hit it because that offense, after all these Bears players, this the coaching staff did this self-scouting, right? In, in quotes. quotes there. Self, yeah. yeah, self-scouting. What the hell did they learn about themselves over the bye week after getting their asses kicked by the Raiders in London? They have learned absolutely nothing. This garbage, this garbage time, no, that's not how the offense would have played out. You look at Mitch Trubisky's stats, 34 for 54, 251 yards. Two- Does a robot know you like a neighbor? Insurance Corporation will fulfill requests to cover anyone, anything, anytime, anywhere with most standard algorithm in the order it was received. Please hold. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. Touchdowns, right? You look at that initially and be like, oh, wow, Trubisky did, you know, it's somewhat decent. That wasn't the case. It wasn't the case for the entire offense. I don't know what Matt Nagy, what this Bears coaching staff looked at over this bye week or just after they, they lost to the Raiders because nothing has been fixed. You still have Allen Robinson as a focal point. Yeah, that was up to, that, to, to this game. That was the offense. That's still the offense as of today. And the Bears will not win football games if that's how they keep playing. And there's no, there hasn't been any indication that there's an answer. There hasn't been anything. Matt Nagy didn't face a lot of adversity year one. He's going through a hell of a lot of it right now. So we're going to see how good of a coach he really is. Because, again, it's not shaping up that he could be the guy if he continues to have his team playing like this every Sunday. This is a team, 12-4 and last season. They won't get double-digit wins. And if you don't get double-digit wins in the NFC, you're not going to the playoffs. Oh, done. Simple as that. And well, I think we need to have a really frank discussion about Coach Nagy here when we talk about the Bears offense coming up. Uh, but I do want to get into our state of the game, and this is an interesting one. Uh, regardless of you know even the fourth quarter padding of the stats, it doesn't matter. This stat's been true, I think, since the third quarter. The Bears had the same amount of punt attempts, seven, as rushing attempts today with seven. And two of those each for uh, ended up in some blocks, right? Like, okay, so two of the seven punts were blocked. One was, of course, with the safety, one of which was just a shorter punt due to the block. And two of the Bears' seven running attempts ended up in fumbles today. So I'm looking at the mirroring there. But the fact that any offense can have the same amount of punts as running attempts at the end of a game, at the end of a third quarter, is ridiculous. I've already used that word, and I couldn't think of a better one there on the fly, so I had to use it again, but that's insane. It literally blows my mind. That doesn't happen in real life. That doesn't happen in Madden with my six-year-old playing on offense, which, by the way, I'm not going to say it on here. Maybe I'll say it later on, but because he's pretty good at it, and I think he can read defense as well. I'm not going to say better than anyone else, but uh, I, as you can tell, I'm a little salty. Nick, we can bring the word back. I'm salty uh, here. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, Nagy called the Saints defense salty. Again, we don't know if Nagy actually knows what that means or if he knows how to actually call plays. But the defense for the Saints played lights out for the majority of this game and just gave hell to this Bears offense. Because Mitch Trubisky, whenever he was blitzed, deer in the headlights, where do I throw this football? If it's not Allen Robinson, it's nobody, right? So he still has not picked that up. We're talking about people not reading defenses. That's Mitch Trubisky, Well, Let's be completely honest. As of this point right now in his career, he doesn't know how to do that. And I don't care that the play calling has been bad. You should know where your hot read is at when a team blitzes. Teams blitz all the damn time. You should know where to go with the football. It hasn't shown up until this point. And I knew that he was going to struggle in this game. But you just want to at least have... I guess some confidence in him knowing where the ball should go. Maybe the ball's not going to be perfectly placed, which it wasn't, but it hasn't happened. So all the validation that everyone said, obviously the Bears messed up. Yeah, it's definitely true. The Bears messed up on who they chose as quarterback. He isn't going to be the guy that at least a a capable starter. He hasn't shown that. He hasn't shown us anything this season. Whew. Man, this is only the start of the show, and I'm just worked up because I know you. I can tell. Uh, real quick, uh, since we have n- we have a lot of important things to talk about, but obviously they're gonna be more big picture than just this one game. But uh, salty, remember Jonathan from Canton that we met him and his dad last year? Yeah, yeah. Okay, he texted me. He was in the Navy and he was in the submarine. And salty, in their terms, is like people have been underwater for a while. And it's like they've been around the Navy for a while, so they're tough and they're gritty and they're seasoned and they're a veteran. 
That's what I think maybe we're trying to get to on Thursday with what Matt Nagy was saying. Just a quick aside, but I do need to go right back to you, Nick, and I know you're ranting and you're venting, and we can keep this shorter, but the midway mulligan, what are you going to take away? The entire game? Because I think there's, I mean, you can start with right out of the gate, the block punt that put the sour taste, the flatness. I mean, the game started exactly, you know, how we didn't want it to go. But if you had to choose a moment, if you want to choose a single moment, like to me, I look at the entire game and wish I can take four hours of my life back. But if you can take any moment back from this game, is there one that stands out above the rest? You know, okay, so after that block punt, obviously the Saints get uh, the safety two points. It goes punt, punt, punt for both the teams. Then we get the fumble from Anthony Miller, that kind of changed things a little bit because the Saints were able to, to take that fumble from Anthony Miller, turn that into a touchdown. Obviously, the very next thing that happens is Cordell Patterson's kick return for a touchdown. But I think right then and there, you just saw, man, this is just not going to be a game that the Bears are going to – because they're going to shoot themselves in the foot. They already had done it with the punt block and the fumble on the two of their three first possessions, right? So I think right there, you could if you take that away, maybe that changes how – Things are run how Matt Nagy sees things, but still, there's so many moments that we could probably go back in this game where you could say, I wish they did this differently. If Matt Nagy doesn't call a 32 deep shot to Anthony Miller. So the thing is, I'm not, I guess the play call itself is good, great because Anthony Miller's open, but you have an inept quarterback right now that can't make regular completions. Why the hell do you think he's going to make a third and two deep ball pass to Anthony Miller, even if he is wide open? Matt Nagy should know that. He should know that his quarterback isn't playing great football. Third and two, get the two yards. Try to get the two yards. Don't try to go for a deep shot, something that the Bears' offense, in terms of explosive plays, have not been able to do all season. So it just didn't make sense. So many times, so many moments in this so game, many. Will. So many. They could just go back. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's jump in. MVB, it's hard. It's uh, slim pickings. I mean, you can choose one that stands out, but, I mean, I'm going with my guy, Allen Robinson, because, Nick, I don't know how much you remember uh, on Thursday night of because I had Robinson as my MVB choice, and I said that he would lead the team in targets. He did with 16. He would lead the team in receptions. He did with 10. He would lead the team receiving yards. He did that with 87. He would move the stick six times. I'm pretty sure he did that. And he would find Pater once, and he did that. So just because I felt like that should have been a bold prediction, I guess. But I felt pretty good about where I thought Robinson was going to finish this game, and he ended up doing it. Granted, the touchdown came a little bit late where it didn't even matter. But overall, the reason that I'm going to go with Robinson is, A, he was the most productive, most consistent player probably on this team today, number one. And two, again, the stat line was very close to what I thought it would be. So for me, Allen Robinson's a clear-cut MVB. How about you, Nick? Anywhere else you want to go? I think you can uh, make the case for Cordero Patterson. Without that kick return for a touchdown, the Bears probably have no momentum whatsoever, and this score is probably even uglier than what it should have been. Those last couple plays, those last couple drives for the Bears' offense – that's that's not what the game actually shaped out to be throughout the entirety of it. But Cordero Patterson, I think he also got one of the onside kick recoveries, whatever. But the kick return was huge just to even keep the Bears somewhat in this game because that offense wasn't doing a damn thing this entire game. But that kind of swung momentum to the Bears' favor a little bit. Let's uh, After that touchdown, there, it's a three and out for the Saints. The Bears get a field goal on the next drive. So things maybe could have went in the, the Bears' favor, but yeah, I think that was a key uh, moment in the game where the Bears had some they had some life because prior to that kick return from Cordero Patterson, there was nothing there for the Bears. All right, well, that's going to do it for the first quarter of our show. As you can tell, we're already a little heated, a little upset, just like each and every one of you. Up next, we're going to jump unfortunately even deeper into the Bears offensive woes but before we do we do need to call a quick timeout to tell you a little bit about our show sponsor SeatGeek. Do you ever feel like ticketing sites make getting to the event difficult on purpose? The real question is how easy could it be if those ticketing sites actually cared? With millions of live event tickets and a price match guarantee SeatGeek proves there is a better way. They built the fastest way to find tickets so you can stop searching for the perfect seat and start enjoying it. So why is SeatGeek better than the rest? That's a great question. To put it as simply as possible, SeatGeek is a better process. SeatGeek pulls together millions of tickets from all over the web. It rates each on a scale of 1 to 10. And finally, SeatGeek displays them on an interactive seat map. 
And of course, every purchase is fully guaranteed so you can shop for tickets with confidence. All of us here at the Chicago Audible have the SeatGeek app on our phone and it's by far the easiest way that we've been able to shop for tickets throughout the years. Earlier today, I was looking at the Bears-Chiefs game, the game we're going to. Still plenty of amazing deals left if you're looking at joining us later on here in the season. And here's the kicker. SeatGeek will even give you $10 off your first purchase. And all you need to do is use our promo code. Download the SeatGeek app today and use promo code BEARS for $10 off your first purchase. That promo code again is BEARS, B-E-A-R-S, for $10 off your first purchase on SeatGeek. Alrighty, you're listening to the Chicago Audible. I'm your host, DeWitt, joined by my co-host, Nicholas Moriano. This is our Bears-Saints postgame show, and it's time to kick off our second quarter and dissect the Bears' offense, which only was able to accumulate 120 yards in the first 55 minutes of that game. Nick, we've already pretty much discussed uh, everything went wrong for this offense, and we want to talk a little bit more about Mitch, Matt Nagy, the lack of a running game. We probably should talk still that the Bears have no one besides Allen Robinson that Trubisky even wants to look towards or even throw to. So I just laid out a smorgasbord, and I'm going to be generous. Where do you want to begin? Man, I, I don't even know where to begin with this offense and why it just isn't clicking. But I think to start, you have to look at Matt Nagy and the play calling. Look, even though the Bears were not able to you know block effectively or only ran the ball seven times throughout the entire game, I think you could still put a lot of these playmakers in better positions to gain yards, to get wide open plays. And even if you have a bad quarterback you can't replay, I think you can help him out by doing that. But just... When you pass on the one um, 46-yard field goal, that the first one for the Bears, they passed the ball, I think it was nine times, and ran the ball once. And even like there, even though the Bears were able to move the ball, and they targeted Allen Robinson six times on that drive, you're still so predictable in what you're doing. A lot of the plays that Matt Nagy calls, go by, if you guys can go back and actually watch the film and see what they're doing, see how many times Matt Nagy loves to call curls for all of his receivers to do. Do you know how easy it is sometimes for a defense to just cover that up? When you know you're not really stretching the field vertically, you're just going to curl in front, make it a safe throw for your quarterback. That's not going to work. It just can't work every single time. So, Well, hold I think- on. I want to jump in because I've seen that too, and that's in my notes. And it seemed like every time Trubisky did make a completion, it was on those curls. And I have to go back, and I'm going to bring the question to you. Is that more on Matt Nagy's play calling in general, or is that really what he only believes Trubisky can hit because he's having a hard time hitting those anticipation throws, those intermediate routes? And the offensive line, again, we'll talk about them as well, gave him no time and no assistance. So you have to get the ball out quick, but where are the slants, right? Like, And Trubisky, again, he misses some of those. So you have to wonder, maybe those were the throws that Nagy felt comfortable with but it did feel like he was just like you said Nick uh, sticking to those way too often because I rarely saw any play in which a receiver didn't catch it that was already at a dead stop and to me that's a huge problem because you want to have momentum going forward you don't want your back turned to the defense every time you catch a ball and that's exactly what I saw all game long I mean we had 34 receptions as a team and a lot of those came in garbage time and if you want to take away those because those were a little bit more easier because New Orleans was playing way off when they're actually playing defense and playing press coverage the Bears had no answer and a lot of those were just quick curls and some quick dumps to the flat but no way to get any positive momentum yeah no so I think what it it's a little both to answer your question well whether or not is it just on Nagy calling those because that's only what Trubisky can throw or make completions to but Go back to the third and two play. Then why does he call a pass where you have to hit Anthony Miller in stride? Third down is the money down. That's the most important down. That's where you get some of your better play calling. But yet he calls something like that. If he knows that Mitch is not capable of doing that, why call it? Then why is that the first read for Mitch? And why is he making that throw on a third and two? So it's got to be a little of both. It has to be. And I don't know, maybe because he's coming off injury, you want to make things simple. But this defense for the Saints was playing lights out, playing some good football to where if you get simplistic on offense and you're not really running the ball and you're doing these simple things in the passing game, it's easy for these DBs. Even though Allen Robinson did have a good game, right? He had those 10 receptions, 87 yards. They weren't, I guess, meaningful to where the Bears are actually putting up points. It wasn't only it was only happening at the end. So it's a culmination of a lot of different things. And I think as Matt Nagy, he's restricted, but I still think he could do better. He did it last season. 
Look, Mitch in the offense looked so much better last season, even though it wasn't that great. It wasn't that great, but it wasn't this bad. So they, I don't know if teams have just maybe figured it out a little bit. Hey, we well, that's know what I've Matt- been saying. That's what I was saying at the bye week that I think they really sat down. They studied Matt Nagy. They studied Mitch Trubisky. They found out how to counter. And now we're stuck and they can't find a way off of it because week one, the Packers did that press look, right? They're pressing up, they're showing the blitz each and every play, and we could not shake it. And every team since has found out that that's a pretty good recipe against us. You bring the pressure, you let people one-on-one on the outside, and we can't beat it. And that's where we're at. We're stuck. We can't counter. We have no running game to counter. And we're just stuck. And that sucks. It really does. But I think that's exactly what it is, Nick. Teams adjusted. Teams figured it out. They're smart. And now we are, you know, it's a game of chess. And it's like we're just trapped in a corner and we have nowhere to go. Yeah, we have nowhere to go. And when you also have, I think a big part of this offense, too, is having capable tight ends. Where Trey Burton has not been a factor whatsoever. He hasn't been. Any of the tight ends haven't been. And then you go to the running backs. David Montgomery's brought here to, you know, be the the feature back to replace Jordan Howard. He has not done that so far. And I've been the I've been the biggest David Montgomery supporter. I that was the guy I wanted the Bears to get. He's not being utilized as to what I envisioned, what the Bears probably envisioned, and what you know Bears fans have envisioned. So it's frustrating, Will, because this offense, I think, ha- I think has the capabilities of moving, you know, the ball, gaining yards, putting up points, but nothing has worked. Absolutely nothing has worked. And I, I don't know if I just saw this in the, in the chat here, but I think someone asked Matt Nagy if whether or not he had an answer to the offensive problems, and I don't think he said he had one. You know how how encouraging well, that is? I mean, is? he's being honest, because if he was yeah. like, yeah, I would have called bullshit on it instantly. True, true. It's just like if he doesn't know – and now, now there's no there's no other bye weeks now. Will this remember they did their self self scouting already? Yeah, so now, this is done. Now this is uh, you got to get ready for Sunday against the Chargers, and that game's going to come regardless if you're ready or not. And what it sounds like, what this offense did today, they are not going to be ready regardless of the defense that's coming in because this offense has so many issues that you can't fix it all in one week. It's going to take time, but the Bears don't have time to get wins. They are down already in the division. NFC teams are obviously going to make their ways up into the win, the win column. The Bears are stuck at what three and three now. It's it's not looking good for the Bears and just all the issues they have on the offensive side of the ball. And now you're starting to see issues come on the defense. And if that happens, whew, it's going to be a long, long season. We'll talk about that. But I mean, the Bears did the defense no favors today. I think I counted. Uh, before the game was even out of reach. So right, right where it's in that cusp, the Bears' offense had five or six drives that didn't even last a minute and a half. That's and not even a minute. very common this entire season. Right, it's, it's nothing quick, new. Quick, quick, I see a 13-second, well, let's see, a minute 43. Oh, that's towards the end of the game. Let's flip up, let's go around. So the very first drive, a minute and a half. Okay, then after that, two and a half minutes, 33 seconds. Then you have the kick return, which, okay, fine, doesn't count as a drive. But they only had a 15-second break there. Then you're able to get the field goal, which was the longest drive leading up. And then a 40-second one, a 41-second drive, a 59-second drive. Three drives in a row that didn't last a minute, Nick. Three drives in a row that couldn't last a minute. And that's because you can't run the ball. And when you can't run the ball, you can't maintain time of possession, especially with the, you know with our offense right now that every pass seems to be incomplete unless you're throwing Allen Robinson, and then it's like a 60-40 chance. But that's it's, it's dumbfounding. It really is. And you talked about third down being the money down. They're 2 of 12, and I believe it was, it was only one of something. Yeah, 2 of 12, and it was like 1 of like 11 before garbage time. Mitch Trubisky had four first down passes before garbage time, before the final five minutes. Every other quarterback in the North today threw for four touchdowns minimum. He had four first down passes. Any words? <laughs> That's <laughs> Wow, I didn't know that one. Um, damn. You should follow I, I the have, Chicago Audible on Twitter, and uh, I have you covered. I, that's a good account right here. You should definitely follow them throughout the entire season for sure. Man, I, I don't know what to say to that, Will, because – we so the thing we all expected some kind of jump, but we have just gone 
500 we did steps jump. back. We did jump the wrong way. The wrong way. But there's just everything. I don't know. Maybe there was just too much focus. We have to get the kicker fixed. It's all the kicking. That, that's all we need. There wasn't as much pressure on the offense. I don't know what it was. I really don't know. It's yeah. Matt Nagy doesn't know. How the hell are we going to know? If Matt Nagy doesn't know, we're not going to know. Nobody knows. Who knows if it'll ever get fixed. But they're, this is a scary situation to be in. For sure, oh, yeah. for Bears I mean, fans. That's why, and that's why I hit the, the panic season. button. That's exactly why I decided to hit that red button that I haven't touched ever. And this is season five. Because in the past, I knew the expectation level. We were fine with it. We came on here, okay, they lost, but let's find the silver linings. That's gone. That that window is like that part of where we are with this franchise is behind us. We expected them to be better. They told us they were better. We didn't see why they would regress. Maybe we were a little unwise, but they didn't really give us any reasons in the offseason to feel like they're going to be taking this many steps backwards. It seemed like we were going to be going at least somewhat forward, and we didn't have to take that many steps. We were pretty darn close last year to being one of the best teams in the entire league. This is nuts. It really is. And when I'm looking at this, Nick, and we're talking about the offense and there's no running game and you can't get into a rhythm, and it's been like this all season, and we talked about this probably week two, week three, but I need to revisit this. Is it time for Matt Nagy to just, you know, hand over the reins of calling plays and give it to like a Mark Helfrich who, again, he did it in the preseason, allowing his other guys, a Dave Ragone, a Mark Helfrich, to call plays, which shame on Matt Nagy because he needed every opportunity ever to get a groove as a play caller and he forego it because he got too cute yet again, even though that's out the window because he has no offense to get cute about or cute with. But what about you? I'm in the boat that if he is the man who wants to lead the charge and he has enough humility... He needs to get that out the window and put it in the hands of someone else because obviously he's not getting the job done. Will all options are on the table to fix this offense. If that means Mark Helfrich takes over plays, do it. If that means whatever needs to be done, whatever needs to be done because it's it's unacceptable up, you know, uh, you know, 6 games into the season now being 3 and 3. And yes, the Bears were at this point. I God forbid if Matt Nagy says that in his press conference when I go back and watch. No, we were <laughs> at this point uh last season. I'll lose it. But they were 3 and 3 last season, but this isn't the same. This isn't the same kind of 3 and 3. This is where this is a bad place to be if you're the Bears because you had time to think about it. And look, the Bears have actually in the past what 5 years have been historically bad coming off bye weeks. Yeah. They they have they've lost every single what? The last 5 years are 0 and 5. But you just expected somebody like Matt Nagy with this coaching staff, with this team that had such high expectations, the Bears' 100th year, all these things to kind of turn the right direction, but it hasn't. So whatever whatever options, all options are available for the Bears um, in terms of trying to fix this offense. So don't say you can't do something just because it seems, you know, out – uh, you know, out of this world or whatever. No, everything's an option right now because they're a bad unit. They're they're what? They're with probably the Bengals, the Dolphins, the, those kind of teams. You don't want to be associated with those teams in terms of offensive play, but that's where the Bears exactly are. Yeah, and the Raiders are looking like they're going to get an interesting first-round pick this year. Uh, well, um, obviously, I'm just a little butthurt, I guess I'll say, at this point of the podcast right now, but... All right, Nick, anything else on the offense you want to talk about today? We can mention the lack of offensive line. I thought Rashad Coward would help a little bit. Again, not any sample size to see what they can do on the ground. Seven attempts, and I understand that early on he had a fumble, but that was with Anthony Miller when you're trying to get a little bit cute yet again, but they never even gave Montgomery a chance to get you know a couple runs to start a drive to try to get any momentum. I think that was a huge mistake because even if they weren't churning it out, like the Saints, the Saints in the first half, I think they had nine carries for like 30 yards Latavius Murray did. And then they stuck with it and wore down that Bears defense. And he ended up with over like 119 yards on the ground on 27 carries. Again, the Bears defense is on the field a lot. But maybe, and just maybe, if you stick with the run on our end, we would see some of the same things for opposing defenses where maybe earlier not busting off some big runs, but then you start to get a four or a six-yard gain, and then those change drives. But we don't have that opportunity. Anything else you want to mention about the offense, either the offensive line? I know we already kind of mentioned a lack of running game. We can keep going about Mitch if you want. I don't know. I don't want to keep reharping on things, but it's all just bad. No matter where you want to look, it's bad. It's bad. Everything but Allen Robinson is bad with this offense, mm-hmm. and I we don't have answers on how to fix it. Obviously, we say run the ball, run the ball, commit to the running the ball. Yeah, maybe r- having a few more rushing attempts and a 
two score game or you know two point game right maybe would have been smart for Matt Nagy in this team but it doesn't matter that you can't really establish a run when you don't have good blocking and things like that so I don't have an answer it's a bad it's a bad unit it's all all facets of it so yeah it's not even worth talking about it because until something's actually done to fix it and Matt Nagy doesn't have the answer we're just gonna, you know, we can rehash the same conversation over and over and over again because yeah. it seems like this is gonna be the common, common, you know, conversation, common theme for the rest of the 2019 season, unless you know the 2018 Coach of the Year comes out and actually acts like it and makes some change happen because right now he looks like this is his first year and he doesn't know what to do. Now there's adversity, like we said earlier in the podcast. How will Matt Nagy deal with it? Because right now, this is not a good indication that this season can be salvaged and this can actually go somewhere. And if that's the case, the Bears are in a lot more trouble than we're actually you know, talking about right now. I want to check back after this, and this just kind of dawned on me. Doesn't it feel like even the offense of 2017 was doing better than this? And when we had no Cameron Meredith, it was like Deontay Thompson and Josh Bellamy as your starting wide receivers and... It feels like they had more of an offensive presence then. And now we have Robinson and Cohen and Burton and all these names that are supposed to bring, you know, yards and points. I mean, if you want to put it in the most simplest terms possible, and we're not, we're getting none. We're getting neither of those right now. But I feel like even with Mike Glennon and once he got benched for Trubisky, that year it felt like they were doing at least a little bit more in offense than what we've seen this year. And that was with John Fox, Dow Loggins, no wide receivers but we did have a running game, and I think that really shows the importance and the value of one. Yeah, I was about to say, probably everything past the four games that Mike Glennon played, then I would agree with you because those four games were, oh, those are those are something to watch for sure. But, yeah, they just didn't have any personnel. They didn't have any offensive weapons. But when you bring everything that the Bears had, they have so many options, so many different players that can, you know, are capable of making plays, but they just can't execute. It's it's oh, I would say it's a lot more frustrating right now than it was even two years ago, for sure. All right. Well, I do want to get you quickly on the spot. Uh, and I want to go back to something we talked about a few minutes ago. And you said all options are on the table, Nick. So and again, we don't know. I mean, we're sitting here venting after a post game, But if it was up to you, if you had to change one thing, what would you change? Because something has to change. And I don't care what it is, Nick, but just give me something. I would say maybe the offensive philosophy in a sense where. It's it's right now. I would say it's pass oriented. It it really is. Even though um, they haven't really tried to commit to the run, they should at least try. At least try. Look, the the Saints weren't running the ball that effectively, but like you said earlier, they kind of committed to it and then were able to pick up more yardage and you know get some good gains. Just try to commit to it, even though you're, and it's hard to do when you're not blocking effectively. But that I think the longer a game goes. You could see a running game possibly get better. It's just a it's just a commitment. It really is a commitment to wanting to run the football effectively. And I think that's what the Bears need to really start. Take the take the ball out of Trish Brisky's hands right now. Take it out of Matt Nagy's Matt Nagy's way of trying to call plays because you know it's going to be these short curl routes or simplistic passing routes where defense could pick up on that. I think the Bears they have the personnel to run the they, the offensive line. They should. They they were able to do it somewhat last year. I think they just really need to try to commit to that a little bit more. I that I, Again, it doesn't help when you can't block, right? But you need to find a way. Harry, he stands one of the better offensive line coaches in, in the game. In the game. So it's about, what, like Matt Nagy said it over the bye. Then again, I shouldn't you know give validation to anything Matt Nagy says right now. But it's winning those one-on-one matchups. I don't think we're, we're still not seeing that. So I think that's just a. A, a will to want to be better each and every week. And we haven't seen it from, from the bears offensive line, the bears offense, but I think starting with the running game, trying to fix that will lead to better things moving forward. You can build the play action off of that. So I think it starts with the running game. Will how they're going to do it. I have no freaking idea, but I think it starts there. All right. So while you're doing that, obviously that was just me. Uh, uh, what do you want to say? Deliberately giving you some time. Cause I wanted to look at 2017 real quick. Uh, would you be baffled if I told you the first four games, even with Mike Glennon at quarterback, the Bears had over 300 total yards, and we've yet to have that this year once? Then they had that no, in every game. I, yeah, I would be that in surprised. Every game. Yeah, I, I guess. Okay, so that's every. That's a little surprising. Every game, 
Mm-hmm. But the way how how bad this offense has been, it doesn't surprise me that it's been a little bit better, which is so sad to say. Yeah, no, they had 301, 310, 306, and 308, and then Trubisky came in at 274, which, again, rookie debut, not judging. But then this year, 254, 273, 298, 269, 236, and then wherever we ended up today, which was 252. So it's crazy. We can't reach 300 yards to save our lives. Uh, Again, there's all the issues, but I just wanted to put it in perspective that as as bad as we thought that year was, especially early on that season, the turnovers are a different story. Let's not look at those. But in terms of total Mm -hmm. yards, uh, yeah, it's it's a little tough to stomach right now looking at the 2019 uh, Chicago Bears offense. Uh, But yeah, I mean, I don't know if I have anything else to talk about them. I mean, it's just bad and uh, not only are the players out there being outplayed in one-on-one situations, the offensive line not winning their battles up front in the trenches either. The Bears unable to get anything going on the ground. I believe in general the Bears are being outcoached, and we've already hit on that. And That's really when you want to look at everything, what it all comes down to. So without any further delay and without rehashing it for the one millionth time, and I think I've said rehash at least 10 times today. So <laughs> enjoy that. Enjoy that for those listening. But let's go ahead, flip it third quarter of our postgame show and talk about that Bears defense today uh, that was, you know, at first they were hanging in there, but then they got tired and gassed. And you can tell that the loss of Akeem Hicks was starting to play a factor as that middle of the defense, the belly of the Bears defense was, you know, soft, uh, to put it lightly, in the second half of this game. So, Nick, when we look at the Bears defense from this game overall, what's your assessment? Because on one hand, it's tough to see the, another team put up over 30 points. But gosh, I understand that they just had no favors whatsoever from special teams, uh, the offense. And it seems like they're trying to do their best to you know hold the ship together. But they can't do it by themselves. Yeah, they can't do it by themselves. And as good as any defense is in the NFL, you need to have some kind of offense to complement it. Whether it is just giving them rest or putting up some points throughout the game. Every defense is going to need that because every defense is going to have a bad day. Just so happens that the Bears have had it, you know, in London in this game because, at, like you said, they can only do so much when their drives at last 30 seconds or 15 seconds, like these very short amount of times for any defense to rest. They're going to give up, whether it's yards, points, field position on the next drive. It's just how it kind of works. And I think we saw so. There are obviously that doesn't help the defense, but there were some times where this defense is just getting pushed. And I mean, like you said, the middle of that interior of the defense is not able to hold its ground. And that's why Murray, you know, being the backup running back, he, he finished with 119 yards rushing. He had two touchdowns. He had a he had a good day against this Bears defense where prior to the the London game against the Raiders, teams were not able to run effectively on the Bears. Now, two weeks in a row, teams have been able to do that. And there's also been some coverage breakdowns. There really have been. The first touchdown of the day, the tight end that, that caught the touchdown, I'm forgetting his name, there was a coverage breakdown. Nobody was out there in the flat to cover the tight end. An easy touchdown. Ted Ginn Jr. gets behind the defense. What's going on with Eddie Jackson, Prince, or Hockland, Dix, whoever's supposed to be there, breakdown. There's these breakdowns in this coverage, which – Shouldn't be a thing. This is a guy that there's only one. There's obviously two pieces that are different, but Buster Screen's been playing really well. But Hogland Dix is the only, you know, outside of the four main guys, the two corners and two saves. He's the new guy. They should have that cohesion, that um, chemistry to know who's got who, especially because Eddie Jackson and Hogland Dix have played together at Alabama. They had, they, you know, buddies coming in. But there are there were some breakdowns in this game. And here's like one of the one things that I saw which I think is a little alarming. Ever since, and I don't know what it is, ever since Roquan Smith's incident, right? Whatever that right, was. Yeah, I know exactly where we're getting at here. He has not been the same player. There was a play, it was a third third down and short where Teddy Bridgewater's running. You see Roquan Smith, he's breaking down instead of going full force at Teddy Bridgewater. It's Teddy Bridgewater's not going to outrun Roquan Smith. There's no way in hell he is, but he's not coming forward to make the tackle. And I've seen that a couple of times in the Raiders game here where Roquan Smith's not playing downhill. There's something that's affecting him, and it's evident 
evidence on, on the tape. So I don't know what's going on there. And I think it was the first two plays of this season. We're like, oh, man, Roquan Smith's going to have a great season. He does. He makes a tackle for loss against the Packers and then diagnoses screen. But ever since then, it's just, I don't know. Roquan Smith has been, uh, his play has been inconsistent, especially after whatever this incident that the Bears have covered up. That's concerning because I don't know what's going on. If it, Obviously, it was a mental thing, whatever it may be. But if you have that being a lapse, a lapse in the defense, you have broken coverages, you have a winded defense. How many how many wins can this Bears team get if that defense is not playing stellar, you know, three and out kind of ball or getting turnovers? They're not going to win very many games. No, if the offense does what they did today, and this is the recipe for the games, I don't care how talented that defense is. Talent doesn't mean squat when uh you're not when you're on the field for the vast majority of the game i mean the bears defense is on the field 38 minutes granted even if that could have been longer if the bears didn't get all those onside kicks and you know new orleans would enter that four minute offense it would have been like 40 minutes so two-thirds of this game which again 37 minutes is pretty much two-thirds of the game anyway i mean that's tough that's really tough but Let's see, you just threw a lot at me, and I'm trying to unpack it all. You talked about communication issues in the secondary leading to some easy completions. I warned against that on our preview game, uh, preview podcast. I said communication is going to be huge in this game when they're in zone because when they're playing man, I think one-on-one they match up well, but when they switch into a zone, you need to have those handoffs. And then you saw Amukamara point towards the middle of the field and Eddie Jackson point towards the middle of the field, which means to me that's ha-ha's territory. He stepped up for the underneath route and allowed a huge window over the top for that Ted Ginn play. So, yeah, communication is what let us down in the back end of this defense from time to time. But where I'm looking at this defense and where I'm getting worried, and I, I'm worried a few ways here, but one particularly, another week where the pass rush is really nowhere to be found. And Pagano's trying. He's throwing out different blitzes, showing them some different looks, and they're still not hitting home. They had one sack today. I believe after the third quarter I saw three quarterback hits. That's Again, that's not what this defense is built around. When offenses can sit in the pocket, they can pick apart this defense a little bit. Pass rush is, really, is the engine that makes this defense as great as it is or should be. And we didn't see that today. We didn't see it in Oakland. Cleo Mack's been MIA for the last two games here, and I get it. Teams know that. They put three guys on him. They're, now he is the key. Uh, if we can stop Cleo Mack, we're okay because Leonard Floyd's not showing up. Uh, you know, uh, Roy Robson Harris hasn't done too much. Belong Nichols, again, he has a club on his hand, and he played okay today, but he's not, you know, a pass rushing threat by any means. And again, when he had to put down an Isaiah Irving and Aaron Lynch, they were pretty much, you know, non factors as well. So when Khalil Mack is your only true pass rushing threat, it's easy for any offense to see where he's at on any play. All right, there he is. I got him. You got him. Running back, you got him. We're good. And then they can take care of them. It's not that hard. It's 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 silly how stupid sometimes football can be, but it's just that s- simple right now when you're looking at the lack of the Bears' pass rush. And it's where you really miss Nakeem Hicks because obviously he brings it from the interior constantly when he's healthy, and that opens up usually the rest of that defense. So I'm a little worried about the lack of the pass rush. I'm worried about this loss of Nakeem Hicks now for maybe seven more weeks. Uh, and when I look at the pass rush and when it's gone, and again, when they get gassed, it just exasperates this problem. I just feel like this defense, as great as it can be and as talented as it is, they don't have that kind of stamina to go up against some of these teams coming down the stretch in this schedule to really play toe-to-toe with them. If the offense doesn't do them any favors, Cleo Mack gets triple teamed and can be taken out of the equation and no one else wants to step up. That's where I get real worried when I'm looking at this defense and the rest of the season. Yeah, no, I mean, it's definitely concerned. And as much as uh, the playmakers that the Bears have on defense and all the guys that you can maybe count on each and every week to have a good game, it just hasn't it just hasn't happened these past, you know, two weeks now where guys need to step up and they haven't. And, like, Cleo Mack not showing up. And I know, like you said, double, triple teams, whatever it may be. Well, he's being paid to fight through those. He really – he's mm-hmm. the top, what, two – Defensive player, Aaron Donald, Khalil Mack. Those are the two guys. And Aaron Donald's getting double teamed every single play, and he's still, you know, making plays. Not that look, not that Mack hasn't made plays, but we need him to show up in these games. Especially this is a depleted Saints offense coming in. 
no Alvin Kamara, no Jared Cook, no Drew Brees, and they're still able to gain yards and you know move the ball, commit to the run, and not get you know not get those sacks and they credit just credit to the New Orleans Saints and dealing with the adversity and being able to beat teams like the Bears, the Seahawks, and go in there and think like it's nothing because they that's what good that's what good teams do. That's what good coaching mm-hmm. does. They find ways to win despite not being at full strength. That's not the Bears right now. They can't find a way to win even if they are at full strength. It doesn't matter because, again, there's a culmination. There's a bunch of things that are wrong with the Bears. But just, again, I, I credit to the Saints for being able to withstand all this right now that they've been going through and winning. And winning on the road, too, which is insane. So they're a really good football team. Like We knew that coming in. We just didn't think that they'd do this to the Bears as convincingly as they did because whatever they really wanted to do, especially later on in the game, they were able to. That's a testament to them, and it shows who the Bears might actually be as a team. Yeah, and I knew the Bears were in trouble after the first drive of the second half when they just allowed the Saints to just march right on down the field and get that easy. How personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo-advisors? Plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting to know you always comes first. Together, we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals. Find a local Farm Bureau advisor at fbfs.com protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. Easy touchdown. You know, the Bears just came out of the second half flat. They were too soft against a run. Again, that big play to Ted Ginn. And all those things culminated, and I was like, that's not what we needed. Like We needed a quick three and out, get the offense back on the field, and get back into this football game and get some momentum. And then after that, I was like, I was a little hesitant. But, yeah, lack of pass rush. There's times they were Teddy Bridgewater could have dropped back, had a coffee with his Sunday paper, went through every single page, and still had time to make a throw. And when that happens, I don't care how good your secondary is. If you have Eddie Jackson back there and Kyle Fuller back there, someone's going to be open if you give any quarterback that amount of time. So, yeah, there's so many things right now that we can pinpoint and get worried about with this defense. And, obviously, we're way past the point of worrying on offense. Um, But when it's all said and done, Nick, when you're looking at this defense, and, again, this is two bad weeks in a row. Do you have faith that they'll turn it around to make sure it doesn't happen to three weeks in a row when you have L.A. coming up? I, I would hope so. I still, yeah, there's uh, some hesitation there. Um, like when I look at the Bears' problems, it's not so. It's obviously offense. It's all offense, and then you look to this defense and how they played. But I, I can, I don't. I can't say that I'm confident now because I'm hesitating with my answer. But I think the Bears' defense will get it right. It just helps if they had some kind of, you know, offense to go complement them. But we need certain players. Even Like Eddie Jackson, he's been a much better tackler this season. That's great for Eddie Jackson. But where's the Eddie Jackson of a season ago who was, at one point in time, he was in the MVP discussion. That's what kind of factory was. We're not seeing that. We're not seeing, obviously, Roquan Smith. Where the hell has Leonard Floyd gone? He's yeah. gone. He's just – he's there, but he's not. So we're missing individual performances from last season. And if you put them all together, that's why that – that defense was great, consistently great. That's why this one has been, you know, through four games, I thought they were playing very well, but it's just these last two games, you need players to step up. We talked about that in the preview show. It's going to take, with a guy like Akeem Hicks out, it takes everybody to play, you know, some of their best football to really make that, I guess, not as big of a hit to the defense, but that hasn't happened. So I, I would say that I am obviously a lot more confident that the defense will be able to figure things out than the offense. And I, I think that's a, an easy way to answer that question, but yeah, I think they'll figure it out. Just well, it's, it all stems on whether the offense can give them any kind of support throughout the game. And I just don't know if they can. I'm at the point where I'm reflecting on the off season and what they did and what they didn't do. And I think not addressing the outside linebacker position as much as we all thought they should have, it's starting to come out right now because Again, the defense has been on the field a lot. And when there's been times in series, in this game especially, when you see both Floyd and Mack off the field. So you bring in Irving, you bring in Lynch. And Lynch has, in spurts, has had an impact in some games. But he's not consistent. 
Isaiah Irving, I have there's no impact there. So I really do wish the Bears had a deeper outside linebacking course of edge rushers on this team. I'm surprised we didn't see any of like throwing Aaron Lynch as a defensive tackle like we saw a few weeks ago with Akeem Hicks going out of a game, giving you know that team some different looks, putting three pass rushers on the field at the same time. Maybe something can happen if you do that, but instead it didn't happen. And every time that they would try to blitz today, uh, it burned. It burned the Bears bad. And unfortunately, that's just where we're at. And like you said, Nick, we can look at this. And we, I mean, there's there's a lot of talent there, but the individuals, like where are they? Where's Roquan? Where's Eddie Jackson with those impact plays? Uh, no turnovers today at all by the Bears defense today, by the way, which the Saints are really good at protecting the ball. But you need to find a way to still force some turnovers here. And again, no Roquan, no Eddie Jackson, no Cleo Mack, no Leonard Floyd. Uh, the interior is already down Akeem Hicks. So you're getting down there into crunch time in terms of who needs to step up. And no one has. And no one did today. And again, we can circle it all the way around to the offense and those all those drives that didn't last a minute and a half. So there's no reason or no time for them to sit and breathe. But still, it's a football game. It's a team sport. It's more than just 11 guys. It's all 22 plus when you're putting in special teams and all three phases at one point or another let us down today, and that's really why the end result is exactly what it was and why we're as disgruntled and upset as we currently are. Any final thoughts on that Bears defense, or do you want to just move on forward, Nick? Uh, for the Bears to win any more games this season, that defense needs to play a lot better and has to create turnovers, get to the quarterback. They don't. We're not going to see very many wins later on this season, Will. All right. Well, now that our discussion on the defense is complete, it's time to move forward to the fourth and final quarter of our show. Let's talk about uh, special teams for now. And I guess the two big ones is the lack of any pure uh, punt blocking and not blocking on our end. Uh, They were able to block. The Saints were able to block uh, one of our punts to start the game. Got a hand on another. Uh, That obviously put a big sour taste in my mouth. Yours as well, Nick. I'm sure everyone listening. Besides, I did see a few Saints fans in the chat, but they're being nice and considerate, so I really appreciate seeing that throughout. Nothing really too – well, actually nothing vulgar. They've been really kind, so I really do – you get some fan bases, (laughs) Oakland, that get probably a little crazy once they get in there. But what do you want to talk about special teams? I mean, literally, we can say, okay, the two punts got touched. Uh, Pat O'Donnell made a great play by swatting it out of the end zone, even to penalty. At least he saved what could have been a touchdown to start this game. Uh, I I have one other note, but I'll let you go ahead and have the floor for just a moment. Yeah, for in terms of like the block or on punt team where they're supposed to block, it seemed like DeAndre Houston Carson was the culprit both times where that ball was obviously blocked the one time and then also tipped the other time. What the Saints did on the first one where they blocked it, they ran a stunt where they had one of their rushers just come off the edge, loop into the middle. And I guess DeAndre Houston Carson just didn't see him or pick him up. That's supposed to be his guy. Just initially what I saw, uh, you know, the play live, you, you obviously don't see it, but you see different angles. I think that's DeAndre Houston's guy, I'm pretty sure. Then the other one, he's just getting bull rushed right up the middle, and he's not able to stand his ground. The the rusher's able to get enough penetration through the pocket and then get a, a tip. And that would have been, what, a penalty had it not been uh, tipped, but it didn't end up in that fa- in that way for the Bears. So individuals, going back to individuals, need to actually do their jobs. And someone like DeAndre Houston-Carson, who's not a contributor on the defense, been a backup his entire career, that's how you can lose your spot on the team, not showing consistency on the only phase of the game that you play. And once uh, you know Chris Tabor goes back to see the film, who I'm not really a fan of, uh, Chris Tabor, but um, yeah, he's going to see that. I think DeAndre Houston Carson is going to be chewed out a couple times in practice if he's still on the team. Yeah, that's a no, that's an off season talk, right? Like you have to make a coaching change here. This is two years in a row that the special, well, more than two years for Bears special teams to be sure. uh, a blunder, but it was supposed to be fixed and it really hasn't been. Uh, a bright spot on special teams, though, Eddie Pinero, of course, uh, not just him uh, having the ability to hit all of his kicks today, but you know, even though I was hoping that game would have wrapped up, it was interesting to kind of see him in that onside kick. Uh, we got one. Uh, we almost had another one, but Ben Broniker was uh, out of bounds barely uh, on that one. But 
if that would have happened, I can remember the last time a team got two onside kicks in a single game in the NFL, and I was w- hoping to find out how long ago it's been, but uh, it didn't happen here, so it's still been quite some time. Uh, other than that, Ben Broniker, early on in the game, he was all over in terms of punt and kickoff coverage. Great, but a small, small, small footnote in all of my notes here uh, from this game, but that's all I have on special teams, but okay. Two-minute warning. I mean, I'm trying to be elegant. I'm just so – the more I, – I think about four things I want to talk about the offense now, and I'm like, I'll save it for my two-minute warning. Ugh. I'll let you go. Do you want to do the two-minute warning first, or do you want me to begin? I'll, I'll no, let I, you choose. Yeah, I got it. I mean, for this two-minute warning, the Bears are 3-3, <laughs> three and three, and they're obviously not that same team that was 3-3 three and three a season ago and went on a run. No, this is a team that has a lot of issues right now, and we talked about it all show long. This There is – there are a bunch of problems. There's adversity. How are the Bears going to rebound from it? I don't know. What From what we've seen initially, there isn't any clear way that the Bears are going to solve each of their many problems. So that's why, it's as a Bears fan, you should be concerned with where this team is at. It's not just the quarterback. It's your head coach who decides what? Right before the end of the half, he decides to punt the or he has his offense go out there, get a quick three and out. And had there not been a holding penalty, it would have been an easy punt return. It's like decisions like that. You're wondering as the as Matt Nagy, why the hell are you doing things like that? Is it it's just it shouldn't be that hard. It really shouldn't be. But he has a lot of issues right now. And I he, he always talks about the locker room having this this great culture, and I'm sure it does. But let's see what actually happens now when your team isn't producing like you thought it would probably be six games into the season. Now you have to see if you can rally the troops and bring the best out of people. I bet there are people that are arguing. I wouldn't doubt it. They should be being completely embarrassed on their their home field. The Bears are, what, 7-1 last season at Soldier Field? They have two losses right now against two NFC opponents. That's not looking good for the Bears. I don't know if this team... We'll see. I don't want to. I don't want to count them out now. I really don't. But as of right now, it look it's looking like I don't think this team has it in them, especially on the offensive side to change things because there's just so many things that are wrong on the offensive side of the ball that you can't fix everything going you know up into the next week because you can't pinpoint. You can't devote more time to the blocking schemes to getting Mitch better to finding the comfortable plays that he likes running. There's so much will on the offense that's now affecting the defense, and it's it's a team effect. One thing trickles down to the other. I don't know if Matt Nagy has it in him, which is so. Con- I'm saying that it's been they played six games. Will I I hate to make statements like that, but they haven't shown me anything otherwise. So you hit the panic button. I should maybe tweet it out later. I'm about to do the same because Ooh. the Bears are not in a good spot. I knew they would lose this game. I think they would. But just not like this, though. I guess it was just a lot worse than what I envisioned the loss would be and just bringing out and showing the entire NFL, here are the problems with the Bears. Any team going in, playing them, they should feel confident that they can at least stay in the game because they haven't proven otherwise that they can completely be the team that we all envision coming into 2019. And that can be all for you know smoke and mirrors, right? That team that was supposed to go to the Super Bowl, represent the NFC, win the NFC North, that's not this team right now. Again, I hope make me eat my words at some point. They didn't do it this week, so I don't know when they are. But that's my two-minute warning. It's not a good spot to be a Bears fan. Let's see what happens. Cool. Yeah, you're leaving me. You really uh, tossed it up for me to just jump right in here too. But, yeah, adversity and how you respond to it is really going to be the story of the 2019 Chicago Bears. Matt Nagy said after the last loss and entering the bye week that – Everything starts and ends with him. Everything begins with him in terms of the team struggles. And that has to remain true. And unfortunately, Nick, you know, you used the air quotes when you said they did those self-scouting over the bye week. If it did begin with Matt Nagy, then he failed at his job to figure out what he was doing wrong and to correct it. And I want to look back, too, at some of uh, this game and look back to a couple of weeks ago. Because I don't know if you noticed, but it looked like his play calling sheet got smaller. 
Like there was a lot of white space on that piece of paper on both sides, and I wonder if he did uh, simplify, uh, you know, uh, simplify the offense uh, even more. Which, if that's the case, if we're condensing this thing, which I agree, maybe getting back to the basics, maybe a way to get this thing going, but not as basic as it has been. And it's been one-sided. It's been all in the passing game. But when I'm looking at Mitch, I'm losing a little bit of faith here uh, for all the reasons we've talked about today. Uh, and what I'm wondering, like, if I can give an example as to why the one play that still stands out to me and it was just an incompletion no it was a sack and he stood there and the rusher came right to him and he didn't know what to do he was like a deer in the headlights he stood there and he just watched the guy come at him he didn't try to evade the pressure he didn't try to make a throw he literally stood there until the guy got to his knees and then tried to spin away from it that's alarming you should have some quicker you know processing in your head to know what to do in that type of situation. He's an NFL quarterback, but he literally watched the guy run at him and then just take the sack when he had plenty of other options that he at least throw that ball away or try to make a miss. But to me, that is a huge alarm that's signaling that something's just not clicking with Mitch right now. And if it's not clicking with Mitch and the rest of the offense isn't clicking as well with the offensive line and Matt Nagy, there's something amiss. And it could be quite a few things that aren't going exactly how we want it to go. And I don't know if they can put it all together. I think we're going to have a year where you look at the stat sheet and you're going to say, wow, this team couldn't run the football. But damn, Allen Robinson's a pretty good wide receiver. How come they couldn't do a little bit more around him? I think that may be where we're going to get. But I have no idea what they can do in terms of fixing it. It's kind of in that point of the year what you can maybe change play callers. You can maybe go to a backup, but I don't think Chase Daniels doing much more than a Mitch Trubisky in this offense. So he may as well go with the younger hand. So I don't know, Nick. I hit the panic button for a reason. It's because I thought this team could make a deep playoff run. And then in the last few weeks, they haven't really shown that. They beat Washington uh, pretty convincingly, and it's Washington. It's like, okay, now what? And then they showed us now what? Uh, Embarrassing against Oakland. Embarrassing here against the Saints. Like you said, they're not the same team they were at home. And that was a huge thing last year. Protect Soldier Field. That's why you got the boom at kickoff. Why you got the Bear Raid siren. And those seem kind of gimmicky now when they're not doing anything with them and doing anything positive. So for me, Nick, you hit it right. It's not a good time to be a Bears fan uh, because we were deceived. Uh, We were expecting better. And it's one thing to have a season when you knew you're going to be kind of bad and then you have a low bar. But when you set the bar high and really high and they're as low and as awful as they've been, it hurts. Like I had a, I still have one, but like walking upstairs to get ready for this show, I have a pounding headache from watching that game and, that's not what you want. I want to come up here excited. I want to come here in a post-game show, you know, exuberant, ready to roll. And you and I, right before we went live, like, you ready? We're both like, no. We're like, we got to do it. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how they can fix it. I know it all begins with Matt Nagy, like you said. Hopefully he does have an answer. And I really think taking himself out of the equation uh, when it comes to play calling is a great way to start. But a lot of individual performances on defense, honestly, offense too, not winning one-on-one matchups has been a problem. And that's all I got. Just a lot of problems and, you know, winning's not one. Well, it is one, but we're not winning. So I guess I fudged, but it's okay. All right, Nick, any last words? I know your two-minute warning technically is your last words, but if you had any final parting words, I can take a breath and do the outro. I would be appreciative. Yeah, well, I guess, like we both said, we'll, I guess we'll see where this team can go, but there isn't any of those high expectations that we had coming into this season. It's really disappointing because that's what we talked about this season too. We wanted to have fun with it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, being that we have, you know, covered this team through terrible times and not that the bears are there, right? They're not, I don't think they're that bad of a team. They've already what matched their, they have three wins, which matched their total number of wins that they had in the 20, what was it? 2016, 27, whatever season that was. So they're not that bad, but we just expect to have more fun with this because there were such high expectations, and it just doesn't seem like this team is going to meet those because of how they played so far through this season, and that's disappointing. That is very disappointing, but hopefully that gave you enough time to think about the outro because that's all I got on this team so far, and I'm just over it. I got to see Iowa Hawkeyes win over the weekend. That's the only good thing for me in terms of football, but that's about it. 
Cool. You had to you had to always squeeze one of those references in every single time. I knew I shouldn't have given you the floor. I knew it was too good to be true that we were going to get out of here, and I didn't have to hear about the Hawkeyes. But here we go again. All right. Well, yeah. No, I have plenty of time. I didn't have a lot. I just needed to catch my breath and kind of recollect. But I do want to thank everyone uh, who tuned in this episode. I know it's hard. I know it's late on a Sunday. There's another game going on right now, and you can have plenty of other options of how you want to spend your Sunday evening. But I do appreciate. Everyone here in the live chat on uh, YouTube, Facebook, and Periscope for definitely sharing it with us, venting with us, uh, you know, getting some of our frustration out because we need to. It's uh, definitely upsetting. But again, thanks to everyone and everyone who's listening here after the fact on our podcast around the entire globe. We do appreciate each and every one of you as well. Uh, we're going to be back in just a few days as we begin to go ahead and preview the next game against the LA Chargers. As it stands today, I don't have a Meet the Opponent episode, so either I'll, f- I'll figure something out. I usually do, uh, but I do want to make sure that we're bringing in a very knowledgeable guest for each and every one of you. So we'll see exactly what kind of magic I can pull. But to be frank, Chargers fans don't do very well in terms of podcasting. So we'll see what I can find. Maybe I can bring on a reporter. But regardless, enjoy your early part of the week. Take a breath. Uh, it's not us playing out there. Remember that it's the Chicago Bears. It's not us personally, but I understand why uh, we're all very frustrated, each and every one of us. So until next time, uh, I was going to say take a chill pill. Yeah, take a chill pill, Chicago. And of course, bear down. How personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo-advisors? Plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting to know you always comes first. Together, we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals. Find a local Farm Bureau advisor at fbfs.com protect. It's your future. Let's protect it.